It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing high front ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! He is! Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, virtually alongside uh, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, we are... Don't tell anybody. I you can't say that I don't attempt to work hard sometimes. I'm at the beach, but yeah, here I am. Virtually, although I may be, I am still here for our show every week, uh, and this week is no different. Uh, even though i am uh, been enjoying the, my days here at, in Sandbridge, Virginia, a little nice area of Virginia Beach, uh, with my family, uh, had a uh, had a had a first a first in my life uh, had a polar bear, uh, not an actual animal polar bear, a mixed drink called a polar bear. I'm pretty plain Jane with just cheap. American beer. Uh, so when somebody gives me something that's not that, it's 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 an experience for me. So had a polar bear and it tasted kind of like a kind of like a frosty out on the beach, and I didn't hate it. Not gonna lie, I've never heard of that. Oh, it's good stuff. I'll have my mom make you some. That's she made us a All whole right. picture of them. So oh, but it's I, homemade, homemade polar bear. Yeah, so it's not I, not I, out of a can though. No, it's got all kinds of stuff in it. I think let's see. There was uh, rum, Kahlua. Hershey syrup, uh, vanilla Jeez. ice cream. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like dessert. <laughs> it was it was a it was dessert with a kick. Uh, <laughs> except I think I had it like before lunch, but that's beside the point. Um, but no, uh, I'm happy to be joining you here as always for Behind the Braves. Uh, though I miss seeing you in person, we'll be right back there next week in person, as as we will be for the rest of the year. Um, so we thought we'd do a, we'd throw it back this week to a Harry and Bubba edition, just the two of us, uh, just chit chatting and. I think there's there's plenty to talk about with the the current team and the state of things. Um, I don't think we're not going to sit here and try to put lipstick on a pig or anything. This has been this has not been what we've wanted, and I think the team would say that too. This is not where they had hoped to be at this point in the season. Um, I think they would like for their record to be better, as would we. Um, but what I would say is that it's as we're as we're sitting here recording this, we're in the midst of a series with the Mets. Had a tough opening loss or open a tough loss to open the series last night, but it's not like we're just out of it or anything like that. There's still plenty of time and don't get me wrong I don't want to just preach that because it's at some point you have to start playing better uh, I did see I actually just saw a chart and forgive me I wish I had saved the link I saw it on Twitter it was just kind of a um, uh, like a chart of the Braves record like relative to 500 throughout the year or thereabouts or and it's just been 
it's not a straight line, but it's pretty close because it's like up, go up a little bit for a few days, go back down, and then it's all kind of staying around that one spot. So um, things got to get going in the right direction. Um, I would feel like the front office is – we don't know. We haven't talked to Alex or anything, and not since last time we had him on the show, which he's always been gracious to join us. Um, but it's been a little while since we last spoke with him, but I would imagine he's he and his team are actively trying to find some pieces to add, uh, as are a lot of teams in baseball, which makes it tough. Um, but I don't know. Where should we start with this current team? I mean, I, I kind of feel like – Maybe because that's what's front of mind for me is like we're as you and I are recording this, it's the last day of June, which means it's July's here, which means trade deadline is drawing pretty close. Um, though it's not been the season we've wanted thus far, I certainly don't think we're not anywhere near the neighborhood of being classified as sellers yet. That's for sure. Um, I think we ought to at this point we should be buyers and. I, for me, I think most pressing need, and it's pretty obvious, I think, uh, no disrespect to anybody that's out there now, but I think that need a big a big bat in the middle of the lineup that's an outfielder. Um, I think Caradia and Almonte have done a great job uh, in their respective roles. I think Ender's come in and contributed kind of as that late-inning defensive guy and gotten a couple hits here and there. Uh, but I think if you get a proven everyday middle of the order bat that is an outfielder in that lineup, then you can have Heredia, Almonte, maybe those guys are in a platoon. And then by default, that length, lengthens your bench. Um, and I think that would that would help a lot. And I think this team just needs a – I think it needs a spark like that. I mean, beyond the obvious stuff of, of needing the, the bat in the lineup, I think it just needs a, a spark. I mean yeah. – is that a fan dumb fan thing to say of me? Because that's how I feel. But well, I feel like you need that psychological boost, right? It, it needs more than a spark. I mean, let's just compare last year to this year. You had four to five guys with career years. Okay, so let's just go to the top. Acuna, right? A, a career year until this year. I mean, um, and then you've got Freddie. Career year. Uh, MVP. I mean, just everything went well. Albies. Career year. You had Darno career year you had ozuna career year i mean you had these guys um just your top five guys had as good a years as they've ever had now that's not going to happen every year and clearly we've seen freddie take a step back and now he's charging hard and i think when it's all said and done he will have a good year but it's not the year he had last year you know i think acuna is having the same year he had last year almost maybe outside of the stolen bases. Um, and then, you know, Darno's gone. Okay, he's hurt. He might come back. There's a good chance he, we could see him at the end of the season. Ozuna, gone. Um, could we see him at the end of the season? I doubt it. So no. uh, so you, you miss the big bat there. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, what are you left with? Well, you got Riley having a career year. So you could say um, – even Adam, Adam, you know, from last year had had a career year for him. And, and you know, so you could say maybe Riley has replaced that bat, but nobody's replaced Darno, nobody's replaced Ozuna. And so that, that makes it tough for your team. So now this team is this lineup, because we're talking about the lineup. They're trying to find a way to reinvent themselves. So obviously Heredia has come in and done something that we were not expecting. So he's filled a void. Almonte, um, Adrianza. I mean, those guys, have they've been good, but, you know, 
they they've not been Darno good. You know, they've not been Ozuna good. And so you just hope that the team can rely on other aspects. But so that's that's kind of the state of the lineup. And Dansby, he's not having as good a year as he had last year. So that tells you right then, just from a purely batting, uh, I'd, I'd say the defense is the same. I mean, we got a good defense. I think Riley's played third, good at third, and Dansby's played good enough at short. And Freddie's he is what he is at first base. He's a Gold Glover, and Ozzy is is great at second. So I think we're we're good there. I just think from a lineup perspective, we're, we've taken a step back. And that's something that, like I said, that lineup is going to have to continue to get better, but we're going to have to rely on other things. So let's go to the starting starting pitching. Well, um, you know, Max is not had, having as great a year, even though he's a formidable starting pitcher. He's doing really well. And you picked up Charlie Morton. And Charlie's doing what he normally does. He's keeping us in ball games. He's he's been lights out for the last take away the one inning or the one pitch from last night. But you know he's been pretty good. And you know you got Smiley, um, who struggled at first, and now he's he's gotten better. So hopefully that's a good trend. Ian Anderson, I would say that he's been as good as he was last year. Um, and so that, and then you had a Noah. You know, Anoa was was picking up the slack, and then he gets hurt. So I think that starting rotation is evolving, um, and hopefully it continues to get better. But is it as solid as it was last year? It could. You could say that it's probably maybe on par with it. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you could go either way with it. But I'd say it's pretty close. And now you go to the bullpen, and I think the bullpen and the and the the batting lineup are the two glaring differences between last year because once we got a lead in the sixth inning it was over i mean we the the whoever pitched the seventh the eighth the ninth we locked it down and i think that's the difference between what's going on with the mets and what's going on with us you look at their bullpen ultra solid they get a lead like last night it's the game's over and i think that's where we've struggled a little bit not only to produce those late inning runs, because remember last year, how many runs we scored from the seventh inning on? I think we led all of baseball in that, if I'm not mistaken. So if you have less production between seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and you're not able to hold a lead between the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Now, you know, um, Smith has done great in the closing spot, what, 16 out of 17. I don't think you can ask for much more than that. But the problem is getting him the ball. And those close games were retired. And and so if you look at those two things, that's what Alex has to address. And I think that's uh, where he's probably going to focus his energy is how do we get another bat in the lineup and how do we get a, uh, a relief pitcher to help solidify that sixth, seventh, and eighth innings to get the ball to will. I will say, I know Shane Green, when he first uh, came back up with us this year after getting signed a couple months into the season, it looked like he was still – I don't want to make excuses for him, but the fact of the matter is he signed late and he didn't really have a proper spring training. And those first couple appearances in particular, it still looked like he was trying to mm-hmm. shake off the rust and get it together. And he's looked a little bit more like himself to me here lately, so hopefully that continues. Yeah. I know one thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, we're only a couple starts in, but, uh, boy, I really like what we've seen out of Kyle Muller so far in the rotation and we'll see how that goes again it's only just a couple starts and he's getting himself 
uh, you know, built up to enough, the uh, right number of innings to be a, a star, like a regular starter in the rotation. Um, but man, I've really liked what I've seen out of him so far. He's big kid, throws hard. Uh, seen, uh, just um, yeah, I've, good man, I've man presence. To see, what's that? Good mound presence too. Yeah, so I just wanted to see what what have you thought of him thus far out there? Well, the biggest thing I like about him is that he's executing his pitches. I mean, I don't care if you're a, a Wiley veteran or if you're a rookie. You look at what made Ian successful last year coming in as a rookie is that he threw his pitches over the plate. He mixed them up. He threw his fastball up in the zone, his changeup down in the zone, and now he's mixing in breaking balls. And that's why he's continued to be successful. It's not rocket science. When you see guys who continue to struggle like a Sean Newcomb, it's because they cannot execute their pitches day in and day out. They cannot put the fastball where they want to, and then subsequently they've got to rely on something else because they're they're that behind in the count. And um, you know, with Shane, I mean, you look at you look at Will. Will struggled last year because he didn't have a spring training. He got COVID, and then he had some complications from COVID. And then the whole year was kind of lost, and he just really struggled throughout the whole whole year, even into the playoffs. He's back pitching well. We signed Shane late, and so Shane didn't have a spring training, so he struggled. and And you hope that he doesn't struggle the whole year, but it's you got a better chance of him coming out of it because it's a longer season, right? Um, I don't know what's going on with AJ. Um, I just. You know, he is not the pitcher that he did, you know, he was last year. So he's been struggling uh, compared to what he was lights out last year. Um, you know, so so there's there's some mix up there in the bullpen. Sean has not been able to command a position to where you can count on him day in and day out for the sixth inning or the seventh inning. Uh, I, I, I would say that um, there's probably been a couple guys down there and, and me, even Martin has been hurt. So anytime you're dealing with injury, no, he was coming out of spring training doing well, and all of a sudden he gets hurt. So now he's finally looks like he's coming back from that. But he's an older he's an older pitcher, so you just never know. But he's definitely back the way he was pitching last year, and and what he's traditionally done. I would I would say that between Luke and Will, those guys have been the most rock solid in your bullpen. But nowadays you can't rely on two guys. I mean, if this was 1993, Luke could go the eighth and Will could go the ninth, and you're going to be winning a bunch of your games. But now you need four and five guys to do that. So now it's a different style of pitching, and that's where you've got to have some guys step up. And you know what? Some of the, some of what's going on in the bullpen is kind of a microcosm of what's going on with the team. Some do well one night, some not. So you can't get four guys going and doing well. You only got two. Well, and then you look at the different aspects of the game is if the starting lineup is is hitting the ball, then the starting pitching is not pitching well. If the starting pitching is doing well and the lineup's doing well, the bullpen's struggling. So it's just that's been kind of the, our story all year. And I think that's what you're seeing in the bullpen as well. And, I, and I'm a big proponent of this, that whenever you change, whatever you think that the bullpen dynamic is going to be, it's not easily changed when you take out integral pieces. You take out a Shane Green, you take out a Mark Melanson, two of the four pieces that made you successful. It's just not easy to fill those spots. Sometimes it seems like it does on paper, but it's really not. There's a whole dynamic because now you got to have people step up into spots they're not used to pitching. 
and now you're asking them to do some things that maybe they weren't ready for or they're not used to doing and it's going to take some time for them to adjust so hopefully that's what we're seeing in the bullpen but i know that the braves they can't wait too much longer because you've got to have another bat because it's a glaring need in the lineup and uh between you know what's going on at catcher and you know him batting um you know under 200 uh, or right at 200 and then what's going on in the bullpen so if you can address those two needs we've still got a chance but right now every time the game is close and we need a big hit uh, or we need a shutdown inning um, it's not happening and so that's the if you look at the other team who's in first place who we're playing right now the Mets they're getting big hits like last night a three-run homer off of Charlie and they're getting clutch pitching late in the game. And that tells you everything you need to know, the difference between us being in third place and being in first place. I, oh, you touched on one thing. We talked about AJ there, and AJ is somebody who I like a lot. We've had him on our show here, and as you said, I mean, he was lights out last year, and it was great. It was kind of what we we knew we had in him. Just the we started hearing about the talent he had years ago uh, when he was still down in the farm system, and so it's been just from the fan side of things, it's been tough because he's a guy you root for, and it's tough to see him when you know that he's got the ability to be lights out and to dominate guys, and for him to be struggling it's, it's hard to hard to watch and you just root for him to get it turned around somehow so i wanted to ask you because you're you're a guy who's who's done it who was a reliever in the big leagues for quite a while and pitched in a lot of not just relief situations but high leverage situations and i assume there had to be stretches in your career where you were just you were maybe having a rough stretch or you weren't pitching the way you knew that you could and i was thinking about it from this perspective when you came up as a rookie in 93 i mean it didn't it didn't seem like it took even all that long before you became the closer. I mean, that's how well that's how fans came to know you or came to know Greg McMichael and the big league team right out of the gate is, hey, this guy's not just a, another guy in the bullpen. He's, you know, he's got closer stuff or he's, he's our closer. So if there ever was a point after that where you're struggling or maybe not pitching the way you knew you could, like, what is that like from a mindset? Like, especially when you're going through it and you know, you're still going to be thrown out there in your case, Bobby was still going to put you out there. How do you get through that? Cause that to me seems just so tough, especially when it's already tough enough being in the big leagues, but when you've already gone out there and done it and you've shown how good you can be. And then, it's like, uh, like to me, it's almost like playing golf, where it's like you go out there one day and you're just, all your shots are going where you want them. You, you know, for with me, my drive isn't slicing in the woods; it's going right down the fairway where I want it to go. My chips aren't terrible, and then it's like either late in the round or maybe the next round or wherever it's like I lose it and then I'm searching to find it the rest of the round and I don't understand what did I do and it's like that mindset of that and I don't want to compare me out there chasing a golf ball around to what you guys do but it is like in my mind it's like what just happened I was everything was going exactly the way I wanted it to my swing was going the ball was going where I wanted it to and now I just lost it and I don't understand mm -hmm. what I did. So what is that like and how do you try to get through that as a as a big league pitcher, a relief pitcher? Well, here's the difference in your analogy. I am a golfer, so I understand that. The problem is you don't play enough to be consistent with your swing. So inevitably you play good for nine and then the other nine goes bad, right? We don't have that excuse as professional athletes. So as professional athlete, it becomes mental. So I'll give you an example. When I was, uh, after my rookie season, I was run up rookie of the year. I had 
my best year in the big leagues, um, 15 straight saves, and um, you know I had like a 2-10 ERA. Well, I'm the closer. I've solidified that role. I go into my second year, and now what do I do? Do I, is there something different I have to do? Do I need to reinvent myself? Because now they've seen me. I've been around the league. Well, that's what you tell yourself and you get into this, you get in this mind um, maze to where you feel like that you've got to now trick them. You feel like that you have to do more or invent something else. But it's such a lie because inevitably everybody knows what you have. Everybody has faced you. You played in the big leagues long enough. Everybody has faced you. They've got a scouting report on you. I don't care if it was 1950 or if it's 2050. They, the scouting report, they know how you throw. Okay. They just have more video and analytics nowadays, but they basically, the hitters know how you throw. And so what happens is you start thinking too much. And when you do that, you start trying to make pitches better. So if you ever heard, listen to Glab on the broadcast, um, and I'll give you an example like Luke Jackson. Luke will throw a slider for a strike. He'll throw another slider for a strike, and then he, he's got to strike this guy out. So instead of thinking location, like I've got to put this ball, the same pitch, just in a different location, you think in your mind, I've got to make this the nastiest slider I've ever thrown because he just saw two in a row. Well, see, that's bad thinking because when you do that, you inevitably squeeze down on the ball a little bit harder and you slow your arm down and you hang it, right? You don't, because you're thinking that you've got to do more than you're capable of doing. And that has happened to every hitter, every pitcher, where you try to do more than what you're capable of doing. So when I see inconsistency, it's because you don't trust your stuff. Because you don't own now, very rarely is there a mechanical problem because these guys, like I said, they do it every single day. They look at all the video. They have a pitching coach. They have assistant pitching coach. They've got assistant to the assistant pitching coach. I mean, they've got everything that they need and they work on it day in and day out. So there's something that happens when they get on the mound. And it's typically mentally that drives what happens physically. So when you get when you get what we call stinking thinking, right? We've heard that before where you think you've got to do something more, it inevitably affects you physically and you you hang a pit. So I look at the young guys who haven't been established, or I look at a guy that's maybe had a few bad breaks. He throws a great pitch and all of a sudden, you know, the guy uh and this happened to me, breaks his bat and hits a home run. I mean, you think, how in the world do you break a bat? I've seen it. It's happened to me. Uh so a lot of times those things happen. Well, you can start playing mental mind games with yourself or maybe you got a bad call. I mean, last night, look at look what happened in, in before that home run. Charlie threw a pitch. He struck a guy out. They didn't call it. They, they, they appealed it. He swung. They still didn't call it, but it was a ball in the strike zone. I mean, that was clearly a botch, two botch calls and one at bat. And what happens? A guy gets on base. Now it's first and second, nobody out. Boom, guy hits a home run. Well, the inning could have been totally different if he had had one guy on with one out. He maybe makes a get ground ball, gets to play where out of the inning, and it's still three to nothing. Things like that can change a, a pitcher's perspective on what he needs to do on the next pitch. So I think that's that's part of the issue. When you talk about consistency and you talk about making adjustments, especially with some of these young guys. So I, I, I use AJ case in point. AJ had a phenomenal year last year and they talked about how, you know, he worked with Tomlin and Tomlin was, you know, helping with his thinking and ex he's always had the stuff. 
But you just don't know that maybe he thought coming in this year, he has to do something a little bit more to get better. Instead of just thinking about how do I execute the cutter and the changeup and the fastball better, you know, he's thinking, well, I got to invent a new pitch or I got to throw this cutter and make it more of a slur. Who knows? But I'm just saying that's how it can creep in. And that's why a guy can look so good one year. Or, or one appearance and then not look good the next appearance or go look good from one at bat to another at bat because of, of what they've done or the sequence or what that guy's done against them. So there, there's a lot to play to it, but it's certainly more of the mental side, unless these guys are hurt. But nowadays, I really question that these guys don't play hurt, right? You could question that back in the day when we played. It was taboo to tell a trainer that you were hurt, right? You would try to pitch through everything. We've all heard the stories of Smoltz and Glab, and, and that stuff's all true because I was there, and, and and there's not one of us on that team that didn't try to play through something because it, it you were looked down upon if you went into the trainer's room and you went on the DL. Just you didn't do it. That's not the case anymore. So I don't think any of these guys are playing hurt. So I think it's just more of the mental grind of how do you be consistent day in and day out. Yeah, I, I think I, I could totally understand that. And I appreciate your your explanation of that and the mindset that makes that makes a lot of sense. And and that's just got to be for me, I just to try to relate to it. It's just it's got to be so tough to try to battle your way out of that in your own because it's all in your own mind. And to be able to get out of that and to just be confident in what you're doing and your your ability. Uh, that's tough. And I, I just hope mm-hmm. that uh, for AJ's sake and not uh, were you kind of using him as the example here, but uh, it's not yeah. like it's just him. There's it happens to everybody. And right. it's and not just pitchers. It happens to everybody. So, right. you know, um, I do – I keep thinking and hoping, and there's been several times throughout the season thus far where I thought that was the game where things turn around they kind of get it going. And that was the game. Okay, well, no, that didn't – that was the game. Um, I'll be honest. Before that game turned the way it did last night, I kind of thought, hey, we've opened up this series with a win. Maybe this is where things start to turn around. But it hasn't worked out to this point. But – the good news is, and I do want to stress this because I don't want this whole thing with us to seem like doom and gloom. It's we're looking at this like, hey, we're still very much in this thing. Mm-hmm. You look at the math. We're just very much in this thing. It's just how do we get it turned around? How do we fix it? How do we get back to where we want to be? Because I still feel like I really, truly believe this. The core of the team is talented enough to get us to where we want to go. It's still there. Now, I think we still need, as we outlaid, as we laid out the beginning, I think we need definitely need to add a couple of pieces, but there is still a core. There is still, if this is a house, there's still a foundation that's strong, that's built there with which we can, we can succeed. Um, but it's just a matter of at some point, when do we make that term? When does that, that happen? Um, and I don't know. I I, I I know when we had Mark Bowman on, gosh, this would have been back in May. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think. Um, and I keep coming back to this because he talked about that 2004 Atlanta Braves team that pretty late into June, I believe we even talked about it. I believe it was a game against uh, the Baltimore Orioles that happened uh, June 27th of that year, I believe. Because I re- remember that because that's my birthday. And I remember watching that game thinking, oh, that was a good birthday present. They had this big comeback win. And that ended up being the thing that kind of 
at least that we can look back on it now and say that was the turning point of that team. And I keep hoping and thinking that at some point this team is going to to turn that way because it's it's still very much anybody's division. The Nationals have certainly played a whole lot better. The Mets, I mean, you could say their lineup isn't that strong and on and on and on, but the fact is they keep winning games and they're still in the lead and have been for most of this year. So you got to give credit where it's due. Um, and look, as we said, we just we have not played up to. I, I don't want to say not played up to our ability or our team hasn't played up to its ability, but certainly just hasn't played to the level that we expected. Up to our so ex- expectations, that's right. Up to our expectations, yeah, exactly. Well, so. when you're when you're honest, be honest, <laughs> when you're one game away from the World Series, you've got a lot of expectations coming in the season. Then all of a sudden, boom, you lose three guys off the bat. Um, you know, that's it's tough to recover from, not only from the fan perspective, but also from the organization and from the team perspective. So to be where we are, I, I am I am tickled that we're where we are right now in the light of all that's happened. Now, Mets could say the same thing. They've had 20 guys on the IL and they probably say, well, yeah, we're getting healthier, too. And, and I think you'll see that just like the Nationals. Nationals are going to get better. All these teams are going to get better. Uh, we just got to we got to do the same thing to, to keep up. Yeah. Well, and I, and the, that, the thing is, I think Darno, you know, he's, he is on the mend and could be back here at some point. I mean, to be, to use the cliche of some of these guys, if he, you know, some of them get, get healthy, they could become kind of like midseason trades. I mean, that's the cliche thing, but I think it's a cliche because it's true. You mm-hmm. get guys back and get them healthy around this time of year than it is like making a big trade. But I still think, you know, you still need those trades that are those acquisitions that, w- that we discussed there. But that is the good news. We've gone through all this stuff, but the good news is there is still hope. There's still time. And hopefully the front office is going to do everything they can to, uh, to help us get there. Well, so they will. I mean, we know Jason, all right, he's up there crunching all kinds of numbers and looking at every player in the, in the um, in the major leagues and Alex, they're having their meetings. Shoot, those guys, they're probably not sleeping over the next month to approaching the deadline. So there's one thing the fans can be rest assured: those guys are looking at every angle and and looking at every possibility that uh, to make this team get this team back up on top. That's right. That's it. Well, listen, we would be remiss uh, if we didn't talk about your your things that you've got going on. Yeah. I, I do want to bring fantasy camp. Uh, uh, Brave for, no, wait, let's see. Has Brave for a Day happened yet? I've been – all these polar bears has got my, my days and calendars and stuff <laughs> a little mixed up. But I don't think – I don't think that's Brave right. for a Day has happened yet. So I think that's yeah. the week if I'm not mistaken. No, Brave for a Day is coming up on the 8th. So I've got a okay. few more spots. Love to have you come out. Go to Braves.com slash Brave for a Day, or you can go to Braves.com slash alumni, and you can see all of our things. We've got actually three things going on. We've got the speaker series coming up with Tom Glavin on the 15th, and then Dale Murphy on the 29th, and then in um, in September, we've got uh, Sid Bream and Terry Pendleton. But that's something we've got on 79. You go to Braves.com slash speaker series. These guys are going to be talking about teamwork, uh, generations in the workplace, time management in the workplace. I, you know, we talked, uh, Don, who's helping me with this, we've uh, we put together a speaker series because we felt like that the, the former athletes, specifically our Hall of Famers and, and All-Stars, Braves Hall of Famer and All-Stars, that they have a lot to be able to bring to the table for companies. 
to think about how um, how to relate high end success on the baseball field in a major league baseball and how that um, applies to the corporate world. So I don't care if you have a small business or a large business, uh, we'd love to have you. We're going to have a luncheon here at the ballpark in the Infinity Club on those dates. And uh, we'll have a parting gift for you. You get to meet these guys. They're going to talk to you about uh, specifically the topics are online. So if you want to read more about that and about who's going to be doing it, like I said, Dale Murphy, Tom Glavin, Sid, and uh, Terry Pendleton. So it should be a lot of fun. So we're doing that. And last but not least, we've got the November 2nd through the 7th Fantasy Camp at Northport again. So we've already got a camp in January, but it's sold out. And um, many of you know we had, because of COVID, we had to cancel this year's January camp. So all those people um, are staying on board for 2022. So I decided to open up a camp. I had so much interest, I decided to open up a camp for November. And it will be just like the one in January, but it'll have a few different alumni. So I'm working on that. Not ready to announce all that's going to be there. But uh, go ahead and go to braves.com slash fantasy camp. And you can see uh, a little bit of the itinerary, the dates, November 2nd through the 7th. And that should be a lot of fun. And look forward to uh, November in uh, Northport. I heard it's beautiful. Well, I've been enjoying the the beach and the sunshine all week up here in Virginia. <laughs> so Florida in November sounds about perfect to me. So, And as I've said before, that's why I'm going to weasel my way down there to hang out with you uh, that week. So looking forward to it. Uh, it's a great event, uh, as are the, the speaker series. is going to be great and brave for a day as well. So looking oh, forward. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Um, so also July 4th is coming up this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And we have an alumni Sunday. And we'll have Sid Bream in town. And nice. Sid's going to be here. I'll be interviewing him in the plaza out at the Georgia Power Pavilion uh, for Hyundai Alumni Sunday. So it should be a lot of fun. Come out to the ballpark, listen to Sid, say hi to him. Uh, so we'll be doing that uh, this weekend um, for uh, for July 4th. Get come out and see that legendary mustache in person. <laughs> That's right. Like the it's yeah it's it's one of the greatest mustaches in baseball as far as we, I'm concerned. We so. may need to go get his uh, knee brace out of the vault and uh, and have it on display. Hey, I've said it before. That to me is no, it's it is out there in uh, in Monument. Well, it's in Monument Garden, but we may have yeah. to bring it out to Alumni uh, Sunday. Have <laughs> wear it during the. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, be awesome. Great. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, I may I may um, like auction off a a, a race. Between a fa- lucky fan and Sid and the plot. No, I wouldn't want him to blow out anything. So we, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> we need like, him to race the freeze. I was going to say, this is the complete opposite of beat the freeze. <laughs> beat the bream. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love it. Well, all right. Well, listen, I, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoyed the return of Harry and Bubba here. Uh, I think we'll be back with another guest next week. But uh, middle of the season, a lot going on. Felt like a good time for just Greg and I to have a chat. And uh, we, we used to do these a lot more often. And that's uh, good to do it every now and then. So uh, we appreciate you listening. And uh, as, as always, subscribing, downloading, telling your friends and family, the fellow Braves fans in your life or and online about us. Uh, keep doing it. Uh, the more people... People listen, the, the better off uh, we'll all be because of it. So uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. 
Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.